Good morning. This is the Tomorrow Christian once again reading from the NLT, Leviticus 27. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, love your word. Want to be able to move through it at a good pace, but don't want to rush. But definitely feel like something is being accomplished inside of me by reading this and thinking about it to the best of my abilities. And I, I know, Lord, that you are with us. Uh, you've promised your spirit and you've given us your son as a sacrifice for our sins. You are a, a God who loves, who connects, who is the father of all lights and who gives all good things. And that you give to us according to what we can handle. And I thank you so much for that. And bless, bless me now, Lord, as I read your word and um, help me to be able to read it out loud with joy and dignity and purposefulness and a sense of direction that something is being done and accomplished in us that even we ourselves do not know but which there is, we will feel the results i pray in the, in the name of jesus amen leviticus 27 folks i don't want to rush anything i'm not in a rush but i just feel like wow i've 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 finished, well, God's Spirit is helping me to do this. It's not me doing it. Um, finished three books of the Torah. Big books, complicated books. And my analysis is very, very superficial, very weak. When I listen to Mr. Pawson, I just think, man, he just makes it fun. And he just, he has all these cards and it's so detailed. He puts so much work into it. And there's so much education in it and so much you know, almost fun things uh, the, about about the scriptures, about the timing, about his classifications that I would never think of in a million years. And yet he seems to be enjoying what he's doing. And he seems to really be totally given himself to it. And I think that to be able to sort of go through the scriptures just for myself, make it your own. I think it's just, I, I feel great. Let's read. Redemption of gifts offered to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If anyone makes a vow, a special vow to dedicate someone to the Lord by paying, by paying the value of that person, here is the scale of values to be used. A man between the ages of 20 and 60 is valued at 50 shekels of silver as measured by the sanctuary shekel. A woman of that age is valued at 30 shekels of silver. A boy between the ages of 5 and 20 is valued at 25 shekels of silver. A girl of that age is valued at 10 shekels of silver. Um, a boy between the ages of one month and five years is valued at five shekels of silver. A girl of that age is valued at three shekels of silver. A man older than 60 is valued at 15 shekels of silver. A woman of that age is valued at 10 shekels of silver. If you desire to make such a vow but cannot afford to pay the required amount, take the person to the priest. He will determine the amount for you to pay based on, to pay based on what you can afford. Like, I read this and it's like so many details and it's like, where are we monetizing people? Like every life is valuable. And it's like you're dedicating someone to the Lord, you know? So, I mean, in my old church, we had baby dedications, um, which was kind of cool. You know, the parents come up, they look really embarrassed. Uh, the baby's very cute. Sometimes the baby's sleeping. Sometimes the baby's looking at the pastor talking and or wants to hold the mic. That's very cute. And then the pastor would take the baby and he would pray. And sometimes the baby's just like hitting the mic or baby is sleeping. And we're like, oh, that's so cute. 
And he says, you know, I'm not just dedicating this child to God. I'm dedicating the parents to God, which I kind of like, you know, and then present the parents with a book, you know, uh, I don't think the parents have to pay anything. Um, I don't know if I've really seen that so much in the church now, the Baptist church, but there, there's not a lot of families with kids, but some people are coming back. So maybe we'll have, I mean, I know there's a, a couple that's coming to church and she's going to have a baby. And, you know, she looked kind of like pained a little bit, but she seemed to be happier this, this Sunday around. So um, maybe there'll be a baby dedication, you know, for that couple. So who knows? But it sounds, you know, this is like dedicating the person to the Lord. Well, not just babies, but, you know, it's just, wow, we've like monetized people here. It's like, am I okay with that? Well, it doesn't matter. That's what the Lord wanted. That's what he wanted to do. And again, all these rules, but, you know, God is very methodical. He's very, he's very disciplined. You know, he's like a manager that knows exactly how things should be done. And even, um, you know, Mr. Pawson was saying, you know, God gets a hold of your heart. Cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, he was cleaning up the people of, of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt. They were coming out of, they were slaves. They didn't have any freedom. They didn't have any rights. They were just animals to be bossed around, and used. And, and now he's giving these people some autonomy, some freedom. He's giving them purpose. He's making them into a nation. He's saying that you're valuable. He's pulling them up. Some of these rules that, oh, God's keeping them down. He's pulling them up. In Egypt, where they were slaves, they were slaves of other men who should have known better, but who used them just to get labor out of them, right? They were wage slaves. They didn't even have any rights. They were, they were, not, they were like animals. When men enslave other men, and men do it physically, men can do it through religion, men can do that to other men because they have the power or the money or the muscle. That's just wrong. <clears throat> if your vow involves giving an animal that is acceptable as an offering to the Lord, any gift to the Lord will be considered holy. You may not exchange or substitute it for another animal, neither a good animal for a bad one, nor a bad animal for a good one. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy. If your vow involves an unclean animal, one that is not acceptable as an offering to the Lord, then you must bring the animal to the priest. He will assess its value and his assessment will be final, whether high or low. If you want to buy back the animal, you must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. So you're giving an animal, you're giving an animal to the Lord, again, demonetizing it. Um, what do you, I'm just kind of looking and seeing what I have read exactly. What exactly are you giving? You're giving an animal that is acceptable as an offering to the Lord. Okay. I don't know how you buy it back though. Like an offering, you're offering it to the service of the priests or you're having the animal uh, offered, like killed, like sacrificed. If someone dedicates a house to the Lord, the priest will come to assess its value. The priest's assessment will be final, whether high or low. If the person who has dedicated the house wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the house will again be his. So you can see, you know, the, the Jewish people are, are, there's a lot of laws here. There's a lot of things here. Either Moses, Moses is giving them or God is telling Moses to give them. You know, the law of Moses, the law of God is used interchangeably. There's a lot to remember here. Like, it, it's almost like the mindset is not so much about relationships. It's really about stuff, boundaries, concrete things, um, rules to follow, you know. 
If someone dedicates to the Lord a piece of his family property, its value will be assessed according to the amount of seed required to plant it. 50 shekels of silver for a field planted with five bushels of barley seed. If, if the field is dedicated to the Lord in the year of Jubilee, then an entire assessment will apply. But if the field is dedicated after the year of Jubilee, the priest will assess the land's value in proportion to the number of years left until the next year of Jubilee, its assessed value is reduced each year. If the person who dedicated the field wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the field will again be legally his, but if he does not want to buy it back and it is sold to someone else, the field can no longer be bought back. When the field is released in the year of Jubilee, it will be wholly a field specially set apart for the Lord. It will become the property of the priests. Well, I guess the Lord has to expand their memories to remember all these things. Like, this is, like, these are not simpleton rules. It's a lot of law. It's a lot of financial. Like, the Jews are very good in those two domains. I wonder why. Because they were given training by God himself, you know, through Moses. You know, uh, so there's just a lot of, it's like reading a contract. I mean, I started, you know, when we had the lawyer and I would try to read some of the stuff. And it's like, my mind would just give up. Like, this is, just tell me where to sign. I don't know exactly what I'm signing, but I don't know how I can get out of this. So just show me where to sign. Just uh, show me the sign. What else I got to put the date? Okay, I put the date, right. I didn't even know what I was doing, honestly. <laughs> you need a lawyer to, to help you interpret what the lawyer is telling you. If someone dedicates to the Lord a field he has purchased, but which is not part of his family property, the priest will assess its value based on the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. On that day, he must give the assessed value of the land as a sacred donation to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field must be returned to the person from whom he purchased it, the one who inherited it as family property. All the payments must be measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 jaraz. What, what is God trying to tell these people, I just wonder, and what is he trying to tell us today? I mean, the first thing I get about it is God is very organized, he's very neat, he's very methodical, he's the God of law, he's the God of money, um, he's do, there are certain rules and constraints and restraints that are in place for a reason, to keep things neat and tidy and organized. That's what it tells me about the Lord. I, I don't know... I will admit that I don't really understand all the nuances of everything that's been done here. I will admit this. I don't need to say that I understand something if I really truly don't have the full grasp on it. But I think by reading it, I think that the Lord will impress upon you, whoever you are, however your mind works, why God did this and what he is trying to do with these people. And from what I see, he's trying to lift them up and elevate them and, and make them from sloppiness and people who have no rights and people who probably feel very bad about themselves and who have been mistreated. And he's trying to turn them into a superhero fighting force, a family. As David Pawson said, God is trying to create a bride for his son. The chosen people, which was the Jewish nation. And I think that that is a sign of the new covenant. He's trying to make a special people for his name whether you're jewish or gentile and they are the ones who are the bride of christ you may not dedicate a firstborn animal to the lord for the firstborn of your cattle sheep and goats already belong to him however you may buy back the firstborn of a ceremonially 
unclean animal by paying the priest's assessment of its worth plus 20%. If you do not buy it back, the priest will sell it all its assessed value. However, anything set apart for the Lord, whether a person, an animal, or family property, must never be sold or bought back. Anything devoted in this way has been set apart as holy, and it belongs to the Lord. So God, and another thing is God sets, um, you know, sets a person, he set apart Jesus. You know, um, John the Baptist was like a Nazarene or something, or, uh, the, you know, an Essene or whatever, and he was like, take a vow before the Lord. He was set apart, right? No person specific, especially set apart for destruction may be bought back. Such a person must be put to death. Oh, wow. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So I, I guess maybe that's where I got to give tithe. I give like one-tenth of my salary. And I don't know where I got that from. And then when I, you know, became a Christian, I got rebaptized. It was like, oh, free will offering. Right, because a free will offering is you decide. You know, you decide, and God, God gives you the right. So I still do the ten thing. I still do that. that. That to me is how I learned it. That's how I understand it. And for me, it's not something I can forget. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or fruit, you may pay its value plus twenty percent. Count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord is holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. These are the commands that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. It's a lot and it is relevant for us because I do see pieces of the new covenant in this. And I would say read it, even if you don't understand, read it. Because I think when we read God's word, we are sending a message to God. We are interested in spending our time with your word. We want you to speak to us through your word. And I think the only thing that can happen from that is you will be blessed. It is time well spent. No, no reading of the scriptures is time wasted. God bless you all.